welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. Back here on the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. Happy Thursday to you uh, from us. The Locks Syndicate, the Locks Gang, Chip Patterson here, uh, Tom Fernelli, Barton Simmons. We have gathered here because it is Thursday morning, and we get together to pick the uh, our locks, whether it is against spread, whether it's over-under. If you're new to the program, uh, then welcome. If you are one of the loyal listeners who's helped to make this show one of the most popular of the week and one of the most fun that we enjoy, uh, welcome back. And before we get started, uh, we need to remind you as we go into our picks that the confidence is everything. You're not going to get far without it, not only in football, but with anything else in life. And that's why Penske Truck Rentals gives you as much confidence as possible when you're moving by offering newer, cleaner, and safer trucks. Whether you're moving across the country or across town, Penske Truck Rental gives you the move with confidence our thanks to penske truck rental uh for sponsoring today's show your boy is off to a rough start barton tom uh a little bit better we got barton as our leader right now at four one and one that is a net plus three tom at four and four uh right even i am two and five net minus three gentlemen how we doing we're hopeful to have a better week than last week i'm i'm pretty confident i'm gonna have a worse week than last week uh I, I'm, I'm coming in here with a very defeatist attitude don't like the slate can't find my blue plate specials you know so usually that means i just like throw out a, a bunch of picks and just hope that quantity takes care of it and you know it all it all evens out at the end so uh, i'm a little scared man a little scared I, I started thinking about a phrase that you used barton that that really describes how i felt last week I just wasn't seeing the ball, you know, just didn't, didn't have a, didn't have my feels. I didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't great, but I'm feeling confident that we're going to bring it back right now. Um, Again to, let's see, to recap real quickly for Tom, his wins were a shout out to Virginia tech unders. That would be the uh, Florida state Virginia tech under hit the under in Wisconsin, Western Kentucky. The under, by the way, in Illinois, Kent State. I was sweating that one out as well. Sweat. It was, what was it, like three points in the final 17 minutes? Yep. It was wonderful is what it was. <laughs> Lovey Smith, an under god, as we all know. Uh, the under in Tulane went to overtime and still cashed for Tom. His losses would be Washington plus two and a half. Uh, Miami. Yeah, goodness gracious. <laughs> that went That went poorly. That went poorly. Uh, under in Sparty, Utah State, we've got some major concerns about uh, Sparty's defense, at least initially, and uh, Texas State plus 16 and a half. Um, Rutgers didn't cover that spread. I just kind of feel like Texas State didn't cover that spread. Not mm-hmm. good. Uh, for Barton, the loss, the lone loss was Michigan plus one and a half. He caught a, uh, a late push on Cal minus seven as uh, the Tar Heels came and kicked in the back door. Just nailed it with Vanderbilt. Great call there. Uh, the under in UCLA since he was a win. The over in Ole Miss, uh, Texas Tech was just a joy and just a, a real cruise for you. <laughs> I mean, you, you felt but, good about it from the jump. Yeah, and I and I, I almost doubled up and and threw an Ole Miss plus two and a half on there too, and that that would have hit even easier. That would have been an even. Yeah even easier play uh so that was that was a nice one and then uh colorado minus seven and a half i took some notes on the buffs you were you were high on them coming into the season and uh and that's that's going to be an interesting team that uh, i've got on my pad not on my pad for this week but at least to keep an eye on this week uh my many losses michigan plus one and a half loss on washington bad loss on tennessee that was a mistake i don't think i'm picking tennessee the rest of the season (laughs) Uh, Texas minus 13 and a half bad loss very bad loss and Troy kind of got beat up by Boise State at home uh, Boston College the dudes come came through with the win for me as did Virginia Tech unders so uh, there we are that's to recap and are we uh, how we how many picks we got I have seven I'm at seven too Barton 
I've got a maximum of six. I, I, I was like, I toyed with even going three this week. Like I just, I'm just really discouraged by the slate, but I'll probably end up with six. That's, that is the spring game offense of locks pods. I guarantee <laughs> you, I guarantee you by the end of this thing, you're going to have all three of those extra logs on the fire. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, y'all ready to lock it up? Yup. We're picking locks. My blue plate special five-star locks are coming. Come get these locks. Five-star master lock. Lock it up. You want these locks? I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover. All right, for pick number one for me, I'm going to go to the, the big game of the weekend. Um, play the hits. You know, yeah, play the hits. Like the player of the big lights. So South Carolina is hosting Georgia. I'm a little bit scared. Of, I mean, look, like I said, that, you're not going to find a, a ton of confidence behind any of these picks this week. And I'm a little bit scared of this pick because it feels like a lot of folks have sort of talked themselves into South Carolina. Um, and Georgia might just show up and signal to the rest of the country this week that they are – arguably the best team in college football. Like it could be one of those days right. where they just sort of shut it down and all of us just shut this east is up for, you know, east there's a there's a battle for the east talk. But I'm going to my expectation is not that. My expectation is that South Carolina is ready for a really impressive season under Will Muschamp. This is year th- what 3 under Will Muschamp, they've they've built this thing up in impressive fashion. They've got a quarterback. They've got skill players. They have an offensive line. The defense is is a sort of a defense you can trust. And this is like this is going to be a crazy atmosphere. And so I think that there's some stars aligning, not for South Carolina to win because I still think Georgia wins, but for this to be a competitive four quarter football game. And 10 points strikes me as a lot. So I'm going to take the 10. I'm going to say South Carolina is a really good team. And I'm going to say that given that home field advantage and that crazy atmosphere, I think that this is a close game. So South Carolina plus 10. Guess what? Lock unity. Ooh. Yeah. Lock lock agreement. Lock agreement. Sorry, Chip. (laughs) No, I've my play for this game is uh, on the under. Oh uh, well, I, I'm going to give you some more confidence on your plus ten here, Barton, because since 2008, South Carolina has been an underdog at home 20 times, and in those games, it has gone 14, five and one against the spread. And I agree with you for that trend, and also with just what you were saying. I think that this is, and to kind of go along with Chip's pick, so there's some lock unity, because I do expect this to be a lower-scoring game. I think the defenses are probably going to be the MVPs for both teams, and in that kind of in the lower-scoring game where I expect two defenses to play well, if you want to give me 10 points, I'm going to take those 10 points. Nothing makes me feel better than when a, a big plate of my gut gets served up with a side of, of Fernelli's uh, logistics and, trends. And, and analytics <laughs> and trends. That's that. Then I start getting some confidence. All right, good. I've got uh, Georgia, South Carolina. As long as Kirby Smart and Will Muschamp are the head coaches, it, it, this is year three of a working principle of going under. Uh, 2016, the total is 42. 2017, the total is 34. This number, I'm cash. I'm I'm getting it in at 57, so just over the key number of 56. So, I I expect that the MVP of this game will be the Georgia offensive line. And if I had a lean, it would be. Uh, so this is not a lock fight because it is not a lock. But if I had a lean, I'm actually more in the direction of what you suggested in your setup, Barton, where I think. Not only does anybody have a Clemson Texas A and M play? I don't. I don't. In, in the expert picks on CBS, I played A and M, but I certainly don't have a lock play on it. My gut is that we this might be in both cases where we have elite 
potential national championship contenders going on the road to face SEC opponents, both double-digit favorites. My gut, though it is not my lock at all, is that both of those favorites will cover, and we come out of this weekend like, oh, God, well, look, there's two playoff teams right there. With Alabama. Oh, look, there you go. There's three playoff teams. So my, my gut is telling me that, like, two – like you mentioned, I mean, double-digit dogs, home dogs in the SEC with crazy atmospheres, that just feels like – on the surface to me, that feels like overvalue. And while these are still national title contending teams in Georgia and Clemson, they're still going on the road as double-digit favorites – and so that just strikes me as a lot. In week so, two, with a lot of right. uncertainty. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Totally, totally get it. And that's why that my that's why I'm not gonna a rock with that. It's not gonna be any personal pick. It's not gonna be a lock here. My but I feel really good that Kirby and Will Muschamp, we, we heard on this podcast uh from was it didn't Rusty tell us they text almost every day? You know they right. they like know every every one of each other's moves. It'll be like in the the old comedy movies where you know twin brothers fight and they know all of each other's uh, punches before they go. So I'm I think this will be a gentlemanly like tw- twenty four to fourteen potentially kind of game. A lot of punting, a lot of running the ball. No one's trying to get anybody else's players hurt. So I'm my lock is for the under fifty seven. And, you know, what's somewhat strange is, I mean, the total in this game opened at 15 and a half. And it's jumped up to like 56 and a half, 57 at places. So somebody thinks it's going over. That, that just might be Joe Public, though. Yeah, that ain't me. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we've got one play. We got plays on South Carolina from Barton and Tom. And we have a play on the under from me. Tom, what you got next? Uh, next, we're gonna go out west for my next lock, or my yeah, my next lock. I'm taking Stanford minus five and a half against USC. Uh, for me, I I watched USC last week at its opener, and it didn't look as bad as the score might suggest, at least as far as how close the game was. It's just I look at this as a situation where JT Daniels, who looked, you know, he looked pretty decent for an 18 year old making his first college start. But now he's going on the road to play Stanford in a very tough road game. USC on defense has some new guys it's working in. And as we saw with J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, that is a matchup nightmare for just about any cornerback. And I think that's going to be a problem for USC in the secondary. And then just as far as trends are concerned, since 2008, Stanford is 51-26 and 26 against the spread at home or neutral sites. Meanwhile, at the same time span, USC is 23-32-1 against the spread when it leaves the Coliseum. So when I look at those trends of how things have worked, I looked at a really young quarterback making his first road start, a young defense going on the road for the first time. I like Stanford. I know that Bryce Love kind of struggled a bit with San Diego State last week, but I think maybe Rocky Long and San Diego State just might have Stanford's number and have a way to you know slow them down. I'm not sure that USC will have it this week, and I expect Bryce Love to have a pretty big bounce-back game. I, 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 this is not a lock for me, but I toyed with going. This is, this is a couple weeks in a row now. We've gotten some near lock fights. Right. Some lock fight close calls. I almost went USC – plus the five and a half here because I I actually think like USC's secondary is built more to combat I think what Stanford brings on the outside than if they were facing like I don't know an Oklahoma or someone that's just got a bunch of speed because you know Biggie Marshall Iman Marshall isn't isn't some burner Dante Jackson type of corner he is He's a big corner, and he can he can body up a little bit with a guy like our, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. And I did like – the thing I liked about USC last week, like J.T. Daniels, I mean, frankly, didn't look that good in the first half. But USC never looked like they were sort of trying to hide him. They never looked like they were trying to play, you know, baby him in. And, and I think as the game progressed – he got really comfortable. Like he looked like he was really seeing it well by the second half, and I think that that will pay off in this game. I think they'll look a lot crisper against Stanford. So I'd stayed away because I agree that just sort of on the on the surf, they're just like on the surface, 
USC looked sloppier than Stanford did. Stanford just sort of looked like a better football team. But I, I suspect USC will be better prepared and look, look sharper this game than they did last game. Um, but So I'm, I'm staying away, but I lean USC here. What this game open at? Four? I think it was four, four and a half. It's now, yeah, it's now moved it's a, to five and a half. Yeah, I, I, I don't have, a, I don't have a great feel for this game. I'm very excited to watch it. It's probably one of my favorite games of the slate this week. But there, if you believe as as Barton does, if you believe that USC is going to win the Pac-12, you got to take them here, right? All right. Yeah. Like this is also a little bit of look. I yeah. I'm. I, so maybe I'm just looking at it through USC colored glasses, which is fine. Um, like that could be your bet because because even if they lose this game, you're just saying five and a half. No, that's too many points for what you might view as a toss up game. Yeah, my my uh, my maize colored glasses got me in trouble last week. That was my lone loss. So uh, <laughs> and we'll, 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 you know, <laughs> Washington we'll, and Michigan, it's it's gone sideways real quick on the uh, the early playoff calls. That's right. Um, all right, let's see. So we got Tom at Stanford minus five and a half. I'll uh, I'll I'll go ahead and, uh, and and throw this one out there. I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at a Duke Blue Devils team, and this is this goes right in line, I think, with uh, just just trying to call your shot because I believe that Duke is going to be able to uh, to go to Northwestern, and I think that they're going to be able to go and get that win. I've got it right here for my lock at plus three. Is that it? That the number we're talking? Are we at three and a half anywhere? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's just three. Just three. All right, Duke plus three. Uh, I think that this is a defense from Northwestern that uh, d- hope like if Daniel Jones plays really well, then I think that he is going to be able to outgun the the two quarterback tandem. Maybe it's Clayton Thorson the whole time. Maybe they cl- keep rotating T.J. Green out there. Uh, but I think that Drew Jordan on the Duke defensive line, Joe Giles Harris at the linebacker position, if they are able to uh, win some battles up front and start to make things a little bit tough, like I never felt like Northwestern had to sweat against Purdue. It was just sort of a wide open game for most of uh, most of the contest. And there is no Rondale Moore on Duke's roster, so that that might be one thing that makes me nervous. But again, if if I'm going to believe that Duke's a team that can, uh, you know, certainly threaten and, and cause some problems in the ACC Coastal, then I need to believe that they can go on the road and and win a game at Northwestern. That again, I I kind of think is a little bit of a toss up. So I, I I liked the thought here of potentially taking the over. I know Barton, that was something that you were kicking around earlier in the week, but my lock is at Duke plus three. Yeah, lock, lock, like, uh, begrudgingly lock agreement here. Uh, as in all my picks, I, I've, I'm not, I'm not like super stoked about it because stamp, you know, Northwestern is just sort of Northwestern, and you know, you, you never know. But I think Duke's a better team. I, I got Duke plus three too. Um, and I think Duke, like, I trust Duke's personnel a little more than I trust Northwestern's personnel on both sides of the ball. And and I think, look, they're they're catching points in a sp- in in a spot where I think they're fairly evenly matched. But they, Daniel Jones is is going to be the most trustworthy guy out there. Now maybe Clayton Thorson shows up and and that's it's my old buddy, yeah, you know, my, old, <laughs> my old first round draft pick Clayton Thorson buddy shows up and he's you know good to go, but. You know, as long as he's out there with that big old knee brace, and as long as they're they're rotating quarterbacks, um, I, I just feel more confident in this Duke team to go out there and get the job done. So I like Duke plus three. Uh, if it was a three thirty kick instead of a noon kick, I'd be on the over two. But I've seen too many sleepy noon kickoffs that uh, that that muck around and and go under the number. So I'm st- I'm staying away from the total, but I'm also on Duke plus three. Tom, you got any feels or picks in this game? I like the under, but uh, it's not a lock or anything. This was a, that's a like 48, 47? 49 some places, yeah. <sighs> See, and and the other thing, I was I, I put myself I spend too much time 
listening to David Cutcliffe speak to the point where I can like write a script in my head and imagine him saying it. And I could just imagine him telling his coaching staff, uh, you know, with, with the trip to Baylor ahead with still so much left in the season that this, if, if they can get out of Evanston with a low scoring under type win, then Duke would more than happily do it. I feel like that team is not dedicated to one style at all and that they can move at a lot of different tempos, paces, and attack you in different ways. And that's where it's like early in the year. Is uh, is Cuddy really trying to run it up if they get an advantage? I don't know. I, I, I think you like getting out there with the win, even if it's low scoring. Yeah, this feels like a survival game for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Two teams enter. <laughs> uh, let's go to back to Tom. All right. This one feels like a really square play, and it goes against one of my own principles that I've had for years. But I am taking Mississippi State minus nine at Kansas State. And going against Bill Snyder as a home dog is something that I probably wouldn't have done a couple years ago. But in the last few years, especially last year, I think Kansas State was one and two in such a situation, and it didn't really look good in any of the three games. And I just think that these are two programs that are kind of heading in the different directions. I think Kansas State's on a downward trend, and Mississippi State's continuing to move up even without Dan Mullen. And I look at this Mississippi State team compared to what I saw with Kansas State last week where it it, it, it beat South Dakota 27-24, to and that score was not helped by the fact that Kansas State had four turnovers. In fact, that's really what kind of kept South Dakota in that game as close as it was. And Kansas State's offense overall wasn't awful. It's just they weren't really able to control the line of scrimmage as much as I would have expected Kansas State to do so against South Dakota. And I look at them in this matchup with the Mississippi State team who, as far as the defensive line is concerned, I mean, I think Clemson and Auburn are your one and two defensive lines in the country. And then you can make an argument for Mississippi State being one of maybe possibly the third best defensive line in the country. It's just that good of a unit. And plus, Nick Fitzgerald is coming back from his suspension. So I feel like the offense should be even more sound. And I just look at both sides of the ball that Mississippi State is going to win the battle of the trenches against this Kansas State team. And even though it's scary taking an underdog or a favorite in Manhattan on the road, I feel really confident in the Bulldogs that they're going to be able to do this. I honestly think that this spread should be closer to 14 than 10. Wow. Yeah, this is a, a fascinating game to me. So I initially, and like back when I, for, for 24-7, I, I did a bunch of like picking the entire season for teams starting back in like, I don't know, May. We started like previewing seasons. And when I first did Mississippi State, I picked them to lose this game and still go, I think, 9-3. and three. Um and as we've gotten closer to the season, I no longer think they're going to lose this game. And when we did our picks across the board for the CBS experts picks, I picked Kansas State to cover. But I think I'm going to change that. I think I'm on your side here, Tom. I, this isn't a lock, but I, I think Mississippi State wins this game. I just think they're better. And like, so when I saw the South Dakota score, I initially rolled into this thing and being like, all right, whatever. They mucked around with a one double A team. Kansas State always does that. You know, and, and then they go off and they, 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 you know, crush whoever they play the next week. And then I started looking back, and they really don't always muck around no. with one play team. Like, they killed Central Arkansas last year. You know, they, they crushed South Dakota in 15. They crushed Stephen F. Austin in 14. In 13, they did lose to North Dakota State, but then they went ahead and had a season where they had only one win against a, a top 25 team. That was against the number 25 ranked Texas Tech. So, this isn't like necessarily par for the course. Like this actually could mean this team isn't as good as as maybe some people expect. And this is also a game like again looking back when I'm sort of making those picks back in like May, where I'm like, oh, I can imagine Manhattan just being rocking for this game, Mississippi State coming in hyped SEC team, and they just can't get out of there alive. Well, again, not to make a big deal about kick time, but I make a big deal about kick time. If this is a night game. Then that that's a dip, a, a much tougher place to survive. This is, I think, a noon kick again, and for that, like I'm, I, I feel like this is going to be one of those games where it's tempting to to bet on Mississippi State to to make it ugly, but 
I'm leaning more towards Mississippi State blows this thing out. There is such a big difference in the talent level, particularly in the trenches between these two teams. Yeah, yeah. and I and I think Bill Snyder's been a good enough coach's career that you know he can overcome talent levels in, in certain situations. But in this one, with just the deficit on the lines, I just don't know what he can do to scheme wise get around that. And what I love is that you know you mentioned this going against your principles, but the uh, some the the Bill Snyder magic like there's there's going to be a point where things start to turn. So are you going extra contrarian? by jumping on the other side, trying to get there before people realize that Kansas State in uh, the Little Apple Magic is not all it's cracked up to be? We're always looking for a new market inefficiency, Chip. <laughs> always. And new, uh, you know, new coordinators on both sides of the ball this year. Um, so there's, there may be a, a period where they've got to get things figured out, and maybe this is, this is within that window. So, you know, I'll bet you, look, if Mississippi State ends up winning this one by 24 points or something, there's going to be a point where Kansas State starts to be a smart bet again, uh, you know, like by midseason and they're, you know, everyone's counting them out and then they start beating Oklahoma or somebody. Like, I could see a season like that where they lose a bunch early and you think this is a bad year for K-State and then they start upsetting people late in the yeah, year. Yeah, they could have like an Iowa State in 2017 kind of season. Right. Ooh. Where they where they, uh, they beat the best teams in the Big Twelve, but then like still finish seven and five. Uh huh. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, all right, our eight o'clock game, uh, eight o'clock Eastern time on ABC, will be going to Heinz Field, Penn State and Pitt. Uh, my lock for this game, I I think it's going to be a game that is uh, fun, entertaining, and I hope I'm not create. I hope I'm not part of an overreaction to uh, what we saw from the, especially the fourth quarter in Penn State, App State last week. But at 56, I'm going to go Penn State pit over. And I'm going to think that we could get a solid 21 to 24 points from Pittsburgh and Penn State could hang like 38 on the board so that we would be able to, uh, to cash this. And, uh, and I don't know if it'll be all at the beginning, but I like that Kenny Pickett seems like uh, another player who put in a desperation situation where they're down by a bunch and just need to go start picking apart uh, some soft defense. Uh, I think that this might be a time where we can still cash in on some of those weaknesses that we saw from Penn State. And so that's where I'm going to go back to 2016. That game, uh, also in Heinz Field, Penn State Pitt, was a really high-scoring back-and-forth game. And so I, I think that that'll be that'll I'm very interested in this game. And I think the play that I want is over 56. So I'm going to lock that up. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, I, I think the bet there is that it's going to take a few games for this Penn State defense to get to. I, I think this Penn State defense will get to be really good at some point this year. But it, I think we could be looking at a 2016 type of season where it takes a few games to get there. So I don't, I don't hate that pick. Yeah, I don't hate it either. I was just I my 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 feel on this game is that I I want to take Pittsburgh plus 9 simply because rivalry game you're at home, you know. I, I like generally like leaning towards the underdogs. My only concern is that I wonder if after having such a close call against Appalachian State last weekend if it's kind of like a you know smack in the face wake up call for Penn State, maybe they come a bit more focused into this game because it's obviously it's a huge game. It's it's one that Pat Narduzzi and James Franklin have not been shy about you know making the rivalry what it is the last few years since they've been there. So a part of me worries that Penn State has a get right game, but I, I also lean towards the over for the same reasons because I just feel like this is a situation with so many new faces on defense that Penn state could definitely be a shootouty type of team for the first month, month and a half of the year. They don't like each other. No, they don't. And they don't Not hide it all. either. Which no. I love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Narduzzi certainly doesn't like Penn state and, uh, and he and that guy's not scared to let his, show his emotions, uh, wear it on his sleeve a little bit, and that's that's enjoyable to watch. Uh, and I, and I love watching James Franklin t- sort of try to act like he doesn't care, like 
sort of try to act like they're just another game, but you know it gets under his skin when Narduzzi's out here talking all that junk. So I, I, it's, this is a fun dynamic. And plus, Narduzzi has all that that uh, what the, the I can't think of the word, but all that leftover land grant trophy hate from when he was at Michigan State because Michigan State and Penn State were forced Big Ten rivals. I don't I don't know about y'all, but I've been through some nightmare moves where everything went wrong. Uh, when you're moving, anything can happen. And, and when you're out there on the college football field, anything can happen. Because nothing, nothing is a guarantee. And Penske Truck Rental knows this. It's why they equip customers with confidence to be able to handle the things that you can control, like offering newer, cleaner trucks that are among the safest on the road. Nothing leaves the shop without a multi-point inspection. Nothing. Plus, you'll get unlimited miles on one-way rentals. Something unexpected is bound to happen, but with Penske Truck Rental, you'll be able to have the confidence that you're going to be able to handle it. And so now we get to Moving With Confidence, brought to you by Penske. And so I'm going to throw this one right back to Barton Simmons. What is your, uh, what is your next pick, and, and what do you just give it to me with some confidence? <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. Finally, I have to have a confident pick today. Uh, I'm going to go confidently with Memphis Tigers, Mike Norvell and his boys, minus seven against Navy. Um, it almost seems too obvious here. Navy just got blo- not blown out, but they gave up 59 to the Rainbow Warriors at Hawaii. Um, they put up 41, but, uh, they had a hard time stopping Cole McDonald had an arm. And I think what I expect to see, like, I, I guess you could look at this one of two ways. You could say, is, is Navy going to get their defense right? Or is Memphis going to exploit the same things Hawaii did? I have more confidence in Mike Norvell exploiting Memphis's or exploiting Navy's issues in the in past defense than I do in Navy getting things right in week two. Uh, I think Mike Norvell is one of the best in the game as an offensive coach, as a guy that is going to have his team prepared, as a guy is going to exploit the weaknesses of an opponent. Um, and I think he is absolutely licking his chops this week. Now, look, heading into the season, I thought this Memphis team was one of the best group of fives in the country if they could find a quarterback. And I don't think beating Mercer necessarily validates their quarterback play, but Brady White was 22-28 for 358 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. And I think that that's enough of an impressive showing in week one for me to feel like, all right, this Memphis team is going to be legit this year, and if Navy's coming with, or if they're if they're going to Navy with the one weakness or the the, the biggest weakness in that program is going to be sort of what their ability to stop the pass. That's a bad weakness to have. I just think that Na- that Memphis is going to be ready for this one. I like a minus a touchdown. I like that pick too. Yeah, me too. It's it's. Navy's in a strange position where, you know, every week when a team plays Navy, it's got to face an offense it's not used to seeing and it's hard to prepare for. And that was the position Navy was in last week because you just don't see the run and shoot anymore. So Navy got a taste of its own medicine against Hawaii. And I just I was down on Navy coming into the season this year anyway. And then after seeing how it performed against Hawaii and while it's somewhat special circumstances, I just I am not a big believer in them, and I think that this Memphis team is is the much better squad this year, so I, I expect Memphis to cover as well. Confidence plays a big role in sports, and it plays a big role in moving, and that was Picking with Confidence. Thank you to Barton Simmons, and thank you to Penske Truck Rentals. Remember, uh, they've all got the multi-point inspection. They've got the newer, the cleaner trucks, and, of course, you're going to get unlimited miles on one-way trips. That was Penske Trucks Picking with Confidence. Tom, back to you. All right. So, so far, I've given you, you know, Stanford, USC, South Carolina, Georgia, Mississippi yeah. State, Kansas State. What's going State. on here, Tom? It's, it, it's time for me to get to my bread and butter, okay? All right. We're taking the under 48 in Charlotte, Appalachian State. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a situation where 
uh, you know, the Mountaineers looked really good against Penn State last week and played well. They just, you know, got out-talented there, and they lost in the overtime. But they're a much better team than Charlotte. And while I, I'm not super comfortable taking them on the spread in this game, which is currently at 14, that's just, if it was 13 and a half, I'd be far more comfortable with Appalachian State on the road. But against a Charlotte team that, since it has joined the FBS, has really struggled to put up many points against quality teams and against, you know, FBS teams and non-conference games. I just don't trust that Charlotte's going to be able to get more than 10 to 14 points. And I just think of the total at 48, I, I really like the under here. I think this is going to be a score more in that 31 to 10 kind of range. So I really like the mount the unders here. So that's, that's a lock of the week. Lock it up. <laughs> that. Yeah, that's when you're really talking with conviction and confidence. When you got an under, you got a couple of teams that I couldn't name you their their head coach, much less their their starting quarterback. And you know that's 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 good work there, Tom. Thank you. I just I had to get back to my groove here. You know, after a rough four and four start to the season, it's like I said, you know, Tom, you got to get back to your roots. You got to get back to what you do. Uh, yeah, and I uh. That, are you worried at all about App State just going running ham? it up? Yeah, yeah. That that's my only real concern. But I feel like this is a situation where App State will probably get a really early lead and then just kind of you know, all right, let's move on to next week. Yeah. All right. So to recap, Tom's got South Carolina plus ten, Stanford minus five and a half, Mississippi State minus nine, App State Charlotte under forty seven. Barton got South Carolina plus forty eight under forty eight. Barton's got South Carolina plus 10, Duke plus 3, Memphis minus 7, Chip's got Penn State Pitt over 56, Georgia South Carolina under 57, Duke plus 3, and I'm going to keep it in the ACC Coastal. We're going with the Bs. I'm a little bit nervous because I think that if you were wanting to be contrarian or go for a value play that South Florida might be there, but I am moving with quiet confidence that Georgia Tech with Dick, with Taquan Marshall uh, is going to be able to score on South Florida pretty much at will. Now, will Georgia Tech's defense be able to hold up? I think this will be a great test, especially as we want to project you know, what the Yellow Jackets are going to be able to do moving into an ACC Coastal Division that suddenly looks much more competitive than it did heading into the year. But if I, if I again, if I believe that uh, as long as Marshall is at quarterback that this Georgia tech offense can hum. I don't see much of a reason that South Florida is going to be able to provide that kind of resistance. And so for Georgia tech minus three, it's a, it's, it's a confident pick and one that might go sideways, but if it cashes, I feel like I will have gotten ahead of the market on what the yellow jackets are going to be this year. Thoughts? I, I was surprised to see like, 84 percent is where i've seen it the public is on georgia tech only because i just figured there's still some some sort of cachet with that south florida brand and you know they took care of business in week one too and georgia tech is you know continues to just sort of be an annual unknown um i'm i am fast I'm, i will be anxious to see this game because I, i'm very fascinated what both these teams are and whether Blake Barnett can be a guy at USF, so hats off to you for taking it. Um, but you know, this will be one I'm 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 keenly interested in. Is your gut telling you that? Because I again I said that the the contrarian or the value play is to fade the public here and take the Bulls, particularly getting points at home. So I'm I'm it is testing my Paul Johnson faith right now. But I mean this, you know, I'm I've already I'm rocking Cutcliffe. I got a you know I, I've I've got another. Uh, Another another small smart school on the on the ticket coming later. I just kind of feel like I got to roll with the theme and uh, get Georgia Tech on there. Chip just loves his nerds. I do all the schools that wouldn't let me in. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's go, Barton. Do you so you've got three, and you've got three more coming? Uh, more than likely, and there's uh, yeah. Well, so we'll, let's let's just see how this goes here. But I'll. I'll I'll throw one out here that's a little in the uh, little in the Fornelli um, oh, kind of yeah. world. I'm gonna go FIU 
is is laying a point. So basically, I'm picking FIU to beat Old Dominion. Oh, that's what I love to hear. Yeah, that's good <laughs> stuff there. That feels good. Yeah. Um, that's a so conference I, game, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, look, I, I don't, I'm not going to look. I know Old Dominion just got waxed by Liberty. And that's not really what this is about. Um, you know, they had a couple suspensions. I think Liberty is probably, you know, they got Buckshot Calvert playing quarterback. They that are is a in, name and a half. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Buckshot is going to take. Like, I don't know why that hadn't caught on, and no one understands that Liberty has a quarterback named Buckshot Calvert who's just balling, who beat Baylor last year. But Liberty's probably better than people realize. Old Dominion had some players suspended, so whatever. Like. I don't know what to make of that game. But I'm a little surprised that the number is this low because like FIU did only lose to Indiana by 10. I mean, they played competitive throughout that game. I'm, I am devastatingly disappointed that my guy James Morgan, the Bowling Green grad transfer, threw for like 90 yards, a fumble, and a pick. So he's not the guy I was hoping he would be. But I still think FIU is a well-coached team who has a talent – and all you're asking them to do is beat this team. I, I, FIU was a temptation of mine to go on to go over their win total this year. If they're going to go over their win total, they got to win this game because they have some tough non-conferences out there. So I, I just think FIU, unless I'm just missing something here, I'm going to go ahead and take FIU, lay in the point, and uh, and and beat an Old Dominion. Oh, I I I had FIU in that Indiana game. It was frustrating. They, they, they covered right. I don't think so. 10, it was a uh, it was ten and a half was the was the number, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. FIU covered. Unless yeah. you got it at nine and a half. Oh, you got, you got, you got, it got it the half. right number, buddy. <laughs> Yikes! Yikes! Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I, I don't. I feel like I'm still still too emotionally hurt to really comment on the Panthers. <laughs> Because I feel like they're the worst team in football, but that's just all me. <laughs> no, I, I like the pick. Yeah, that's a good pick. Old Dominion. And and how about this? You, you mentioned Liberty. I, I didn't throw this on the card, but do, does anybody have Liberty plus nine and a half against Army? No. We'll, we'll, we'll learn about both those teams because Army might have taken not a small, but a much larger step back. And they are nine and a half point favorites against a team that can run it up like Liberty. Mm, that's just a yeah. That's not that's not the type of game that I like. To, I trust Army to lay down in though. Army Army would scare me in that game. What What Chip is saying is that Army's going to get sprayed by some buckshot Calvert. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that I'm not too late on this one, but as I mentioned uh, in the in the recap at the beginning of the show, I Barton, you I mean Nashville man, you really had your finger on the pulse of Vandy. You were a little bit, uh, I I can't say that you were you know full throated screaming this from the top of the mountaintop, but I was impressed. I thought that the the Commodores looked good against Middle Tennessee, and I I'm willing to go again with Nevada coming into town. I know this line has been moving north. I, I'm taking it for the locks pod at eight and a half, but I think this is a two touchdown win, mostly uh, with the idea that I don't know exactly how many points uh, we're going to see from the Wolfpack uh, here. Maybe, you know, maybe they catch like 10 to 14, but uh, with Shermer at quarterback, I think that this was, and I, I think I used this. Uh, I used this line yesterday, Tom, but this this feels like the kind of game where SEC Network, uh, ESPN's going to own all the footage. It feels like we're going to get all the Kyle Shermer NFL draft highlights against Nevada. Like this is going to be uh, this is going to be a team that he can pick apart a little bit. And so, with if you're going to follow that path, then I'm I'm going to rock Vanderbilt minus eight and a half because they are a good football team. Like good SEC football team playing at home against a Mountain West team that I very much consider middle of the pack. So you are not buying in to the uh, to what a seventy-two nineteen win over Portland State tells us about Nevada, huh? I'm old. 
What'd you say? I said bold. <laughs> I mean, I, I told you I'm not buying into UMass hanging 66 on Duquesne. Yeah, came that back, works. came right back, that and that worked. You. Yeah, so yep. I, yep. I, I think, I think Vanderbilt is Vanderbilt's a good football team. You, I don't expect, uh, I don't expect a solid, uh, well coached defense, game changing quarterback, arguably uh, upgrade at running back. I just don't expect that team to to really have a big struggle uh, with Nevada coming into town. No, I, I, I think I think a fourteen point win sounds about right. I, I wouldn't. I I don't feel like I have a good enough handle on Nevada to be confident in it, but uh, I, I certainly don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't object to your play here. No objections here either. McLean Mannix. I, I, here's the guy to watch in that game. McLean Mannix, one-time Vandy commit, big-time playmaker for Nevada. Now Vandy basically kind of backed off him, and uh, and he kind of was left. To, to head out to Nevada, uh, so he'll have a little bit of have a little bit of vengeance in in his mind, maybe uh, in this game. So that, that, I'll be interested to see what McLean Mannix can do for for Nevada against against the Doors. McLean Mannix sounds like a Big Twelve quarterback. This is a little Big Twelve quarterback. <laughs> He's a Texas guy. <laughs> Mc, Makes sense. M- McLean Mannix comes off the bench when uh, Texas Tech starting quarterback gets hurt. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Tom. All right. So for our next trick, <laughs> we're going to go with another under. This one features a power five team, though. It's the under 65 and a half between Maryland at Bowling Green. Bowling Green put up 24 points on the road against Oregon last week, but one of those touchdowns came on a short field after an Oregon muffed punt. So that's kind of a, that totals somewhat misleading. And honestly, I'm just not all that sure that Bowling Green can repeat that performance, particularly when the forecast is calling for high winds mm. and ah, mm. high winds and passing offenses don't mm. tend to mesh well. And I think that Maryland is just obviously a far more talented team. And I know they're coming off a really emotional win last week against Texas. And that's why I'm not as confident in them being able to cover the spread because I'm worried it's somewhat of a letdown. I just think that 65 and a half is a bridge too far for the total in this game because I just don't – I don't think Bowling Green is going to be able to do enough to get to that over. I, this I, – I, I love this. It's not a lock for me. It was, it was, it was on the cutting room floor, but I didn't. Considering we're competing against each other, I can't. I couldn't jump on this. You are the wonder master. <laughs> you know, I got. I know where my wonders are, baby. Um, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> what is it? it's like? Thirteen to fifteen mile hour crosswinds currently. Uh, let's see what the current forecast calls for. Because programming note, what is, weather what, will what always is, change. What is the process for you determining the best crosswind plays week in, week out? Oh, well, we, just, we're between 14 and 17 now, so the oh, wind's picking up a little bit. All right. <laughs> are you just, are, do you just have a, um, you just sort of spend a morning on the weather channel or like, where, where do you, I will send where, you a link. <laughs> We'll leave it at that. <laughs> and the listeners can get that information by subscribing to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast and listening to The Lock Show, uh, which comes out every Thursday at lunchtime. Yes. So, um, the uh, Let's see. I guess back to Barton. All right. All right. Um, He's out here looking so at crosswinds. He's gotten totally distracted. <laughs> So I'm going to go to a place where, you know, there's probably been some crosswinds from time to time. Um, Kinnick Stadium, mm. Iowa City, Iowa. Mm-hmm. Iowa State's coming to town, and they're getting four points. Uh, they lost by a point last year in double overtime when we thought that they were st- – when that was – when we were under the impression that that was a big – upset bid little did we know that that iowa state team would go on to beat oklahoma that that iowa state team was in fact a very good football team and i think we suspected but didn't yet know that that iowa state team was 
very well coached across the board. Well, now we know that. Now we know that they've got a talented team with an NFL wide receiver, an NFL running back, some really good quarterbacks. They play hard defensively. They're well coached. And while I also think Iowa's a good team, I, I think that this is a this is a close game and four points to a team that could very well be the better team, I think is too many. And so I'm taking Iowa State to cover the four and in what I is one of the games I'm most excited to watch all weekend. Um because I just think Matt Campbell's one of the best in the game. And I'm gonna and, and while there's a little value on Iowa State early in the season, I'm gonna jump on it. That's, yeah, I I, yeah. I I always pick the underdog in this game. <laughs> because it's that you see the way it goes in this rivalry. I almost took the under too. Like I, I I was tempted by that as well, but that's just a little bit um that's a little out of character for me. I I, I won an under last week. Uh and, and I'll I may just sort of sit on that one all year long and, and, and keep on looking for my overs. Well, if if you want to reconsider the under, there will be 14-mile-an-hour wins during the Iowa-Iowa State game, although they're not quite crosswinds as much as they're, you know, end zone to end zone. But still, you know, for two quarters, Iowa State's going to be throwing the ball with the wind in their face. But you know who but. can throw the ball through the crosswinds? Nathan Stanley! <laughs> Big hand Nate. Isn't this Big a old hand. Is this a Fox game? I believe so. I think it's Fox or FS1, yeah. Yeah. I need I need to know where Gus is. Gus might be actually on Oklahoma. Yeah, I would assume that's where Gus is going to be. Um All right, Iowa State plus 4 for Barton. Um All right. How about a little Wyoming plus 18 and a half? This is far, far, far too many points. And I listen, this could go south, but I think that this line is taking into consideration the final score of the Washington State game and not what the score was with like seven minutes left. And so I'm looking at the Cowboys and I am I'm expecting that they're gonna be able to put together 21 to 21 to 24 points. I don't think this is an upset, but I can't imagine that uh, this Wyoming team that I felt so good about is just all of a sudden going to go and get stomped two weeks in a row. Now it is against, you know, power five teams and drew lock is one of the better quarterbacks, not only in the sec, but potentially in the country with plenty of wide receiver talent. But if, this this is again another uh, just gut play where eight at eighteen and a half I'm I'm going to believe in what I what I've talked myself into already, which is that Wyoming is one of the three four best Mountain West teams, and uh, and I I think they can cover this spread. I hope I'm not uh, a sucker on this one, and that this line was just kind of set begging like set under uh, three touchdowns or just uh, set just trying to make me like hopefully take it and then watch Missouri win by 21. But uh, I, I think Craig Bowl gets it done and gets a cover town in Columbia. My concern with it is that after seeing what Mike Leach and Wazoo was able to do to Wyoming after figuring some things out last week, I would worry that Missouri is going to see a lot of that game tape and get some answers for itself. So that that's a concern for me. But what could be to your benefit, Chip, is that there are winds between mm. 13 and 15 miles an hour. <laughs> windy, windy weekend this weekend. Oh, wow. yeah. The the Midwest and the Great Plains have some wind in forecast this weekend. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the only thing about this game to me is, is I am very much um, undecided, and I think it's a very much an unknown how good Missouri is this year in the sense that I do think there's a chance Missouri could be actually really good this year um so this will be the first but like this is a legit test and so if they cover um then that's that could throw a wrench into the SEC East because that, that's a team that could beat some but if they don't um you know then, then maybe they just are what they are but I, I'll, I'll be very interested in this game 
Um, all right, so back to Tom. Another under for the crowd. We are heading to DeKalb, Illinois, where Northern Illinois is hosting Utah, and the total is set at 48, and we are going under because oh, we yes. just – this just – this is – this is made to order under pretty much is all it is because this Northern Illinois team, which still has somewhat of a reputation for what happened years ago when it had Jordan Lynch and Jerry kill and everything was going wonderful. And then with Dave Doran took it over too. the last few years, the truth of the matter is in last week kind of extended the trend when the Huskies couldn't do anything against Iowa. When Northern Illinois has gotten out of the Mac, its defense has traveled with it, but its offense has been virtually non-existent in most of these games. They typically max out at 14 points. And even at home against the Utah team that I think, you know, is, is always has a salty D and is always somewhat so- solid on special teams. I don't see there being a whole lot of points in this game. There is some wind in the forecast, but it's not quite wondrous wind, but it's not going to hurt. And I just feel like this is the kind of game where Utah's probably going to win in that 24 to 17 kind of range, which will give me a nice, soft, comfortable under. That's a sweaty under, though. It is a sweaty under, but I don't think it'll be that much of a sweat, to be totally honest. After watching Northern Illinois against Iowa last week, I don't know where. I mean, I'm 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 giving them 17 points. I feel like I might be being generous. Mm, I like it. I uh, mean, you know. The um, defensively last week, you know how many yards per play Utah gave up? Like point nine. One point <laughs> one yards per play last yeah. week. Uh, they gave up forty-eight rushing yards and thirteen passing yards. It's yeah. so much fun. They're sick. I mean, I, <laughs> I love it. But yes, I that's that strikes me as a pretty good pretty good underplay. All right, Barton, what you got next? Uh, all right, this is probably my last one unless I, I get up the courage to, to add one more log. But um, I'm going – I'm actually – this is this might, this might surprise you guys, but I'm going to take Michigan State um, laying six points yeah. um, against Arizona State. I think that there's a little bit of overreaction in the public sphere about – what went down last weekend on both sides um you know there's like 65 percent of the bets are coming in on arizona state it looks like the line's actually gone in the opposite direction uh it went from four to six i i look i almost like that that game was close last week for michigan state because that's i mean that's just get your ass whooped this week those coaches are just laying into them on the tape yeah and and also it's just it's it creates this um, misconception that Michigan State, like, oh, watch out for Michigan State. Like, this, maybe this isn't quite the year we thought they were going to have. Whatever. They, they beat teams how they beat them. And this is going to be a game where I think Arizona State comes in with some confidence and Michigan State sort of has some doubters all of a sudden. And I think they go in there and sort of make a statement and say, hey, guys, look, we're, we're still a good team. And by the way, I know that, I mean, that Utah State offense can be a little tricky to defend and so they they drummed up some points all right you know matt wells i think is 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 a really good coach and but the michigan state's offense i thought was pretty solid i mean maybe offensive line wasn't quite as dominant as you would have liked but i thought generally the michigan state offense i felt comfortable with what i saw last week so i'm gonna go ahead and say the michigan state wins by at least a touchdown and gives arizona state a little bit of 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 humility um and uh and it's just almost a bet on michigan state just sort of you know digging when everybody zags and so i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with the spartans i respect the contrarian value yeah but my concern is this because i'm actually on arizona state although i'm i'm not totally on board arizona state pulling off the win i just my concern with watching michigan state last week was something you alluded to which was the offensive line and mostly it's tackles on both the left and the right side, but mostly on the left side because Utah State was routinely blitzing from that side and time after time after time, it was blitzers who weren't even picked up or recognized. They were just coming in free. Yeah, number seven 
Mm-hmm. That dude was just like it was like an old it was like high school tape where you just like get your best player and just put him on the edge and just send him every play. And yeah, and you are right. Like he, it, he had a lot of free runs. It did not strike me as a situation where Michigan was reading him. You know what I mean? It was just a situation where, oh, nobody's blocking that guy. Nobody's realized, even though he's blitzed the last four plays, that he might be blitzing again here. And also just in the run game with L.J. Scott. I, they weren't able to open any holes for him. And L.J. Scott, to me, is a battering ram. He's not the kind of running back that can, you know, make his own plays. He's just going to follow his holes and, you know, just pound into you and pick up as many yards as he can at a time. And then I watched that Arizona State game on Saturday night, and that defense was flying all over the field. They had nine sacks. Yes, it was against UTSA, so that comes with that caveat. But this was just a defense that you say what you want about Herm Edwards. He's never had a problem motivating people. I was laughing at that hire when it happened. Yet even when he gave his introductory press conference, I was ready to go play football for him. So I get it from that perspective. And I just wonder if that Arizona State defense plays like it did last week, as aggressive as it was and how hyped up and ready they were against the Michigan State offensive line that I had serious problems with watching against Utah State. I just think it could be a really long night for Brian Lewerke, and I'm not I'm I'm not very confident. I think the Michigan State defense will bounce back and play well, which is why I'm not ready to call for the Arizona State upset. But I just think this is going to be a close kind of lower scoring game that could be decided on a turnover one way or the other. So maybe if Michigan State gets that turnover, they cover. But I have a feeling with just the pressure that I expect Arizona State to put on Lewerke and on that offensive line. I really like the six points with the Sun Devils. So is that not a, a lock? Yeah. Not a lock. That's a lean. Not, not a, a lock. lock. But it's it's that's my concern with Michigan State. Yeah, no, I, that's a th- this is a losing pick. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna lose this pick. This is, uh, <laughs> I, like, no, it's so it's very contrarian. Yeah, it's very I, contrarian. No, yeah, like like you no, that that is you have totally and completely convinced me that I'm gonna lose this pick. I'm not pulling it off the board. <laughs> Because sometimes you just gotta, you know what? You just gotta roll with a pick you, that you know you're gonna lose. Trust your gut, and, man. and you just gotta. <laughs> there, I don't. My gut isn't even telling me Michigan State. I, it's it's my it's my my head and my like it's it's some it's like an out of body like influence that I'm having. But I'm gonna go with it. I'm just gonna say you know what? Sometimes you have to play picks that you don't trust, and I don't think I'm gonna win this one. But I'm gonna be glad I played it when I do. Yeah. I th- I did not put uh, Arizona State's my lean, and I didn't put anything from this game because I because of the action that has everybody all like the the marketplace for both Arizona State and Michigan State has gone sideways, and there will be another yeah. correction after this game, and I'm just gonna sit back. I mean, this is what the 10:45 Eastern Time kickoff. Yes. This this is gonna be a weird game. It could get Pac-12 after darkish. Dude, it's going to be like 105 degrees at kickoff, and even though it's going to be at yeah. 7:45 uh, local time, you, you you never ever trust your eyes with Michigan State. Never, it's never what it appears to be with Michigan State, and I suspect it's probably not usually what it appears to be for Arizona State either. It's never as pretty as it is as you want it to be for Arizona State. It's never as ugly as it looks for Michigan State. So I'm just trust. I'm just refusing to trust my eyes and i'm just gonna play michigan state um my final log on the fire is gonna be fresno state plus two and a half uh traveling to minnesota i i didn't like what i saw out of minnesota and i think that so is this year two for jeff tedford yes yeah i i that's that's just a call where I am assuming that the line and the the marketplace is being set with an idea that Minnesota is a better, you know, power five team than maybe it is. And that Fresno state's a little bit overlooked. I I like catching a few points in a spot where I think Fresno state's going to go into Minneapolis and get a win. I I like it. Yeah, I like it too. I I didn't play it, but I, I did. It was on my, it was on my big sheet at one point before it got crossed out. All right, Tom, you've got uh, you got the final one. I got one last lock, and it's a bit of a contrarian play, but it's one I feel confident in. Colorado State versus Arkansas under 70. Yay. And now I, I it's, you know, the way Colorado State's defense has played through two games, it's, it's quite a sweat even at 70 to take an under, particularly with what could possibly be a Chad Morris offense going against it. But 
I just don't think Arkansas's offense is going to be at a hundred percent quite yet. I don't, and I also really don't think Colorado State. If you've noticed, it hasn't just been bad. It's just it's been awful in the first half, and then in the second half, its offense kind of comes alive and tries to make a game of it. I don't think they're going to be able to be that sloppy and lazy against Arkansas just because I think talent-wise, Arkansas, even if it's not a great SEC team, it's still an SEC team and it's better than the Rams. So I'm looking at a kind of situation where the Colorado State and KJ Carter-Samuels don't really put up many points in this game. I think they're going to be sitting somewhere in the 20s. So as long as the the Hogs don't get into the 50s, I feel pretty good. So I I really like the under 70 in this matchup. Also, this game uh, out at the... Uh, it's in Fort Collins, right? Yes. Yeah, that's like a not much of a home field advantage. That, no. That although that, they sell beer now, so you never know. That stadium. No, I think that the Colorado State's like one of the few places. Maybe they get to let them out at halftime. I don't know. I think in the third quarter, this is going to be a stadium that is a little bit like a high school stadium. Yeah, no, I, I expect I th- that's what I'm banking on. I think I don't really want to take Arkansas to cover the spread because it's at 14 and two touchdowns might be a little too much. But it's just I, I I see this as a situation more where Colorado State struggles to score and maybe Arkansas's offense isn't hitting all cylinders. So maybe they're not, you know, struggling to score a little bit, too. So I, I like the under. So to recap, our leader, Barton, who's uh, at plus three on the net, he's got South Carolina plus 10, Duke plus three, Memphis minus seven, FIU minus one, Iowa State plus four, and Michigan State minus six. Tom is at even, uh, even par, South Carolina plus 10, Stanford minus five and a half, Mississippi State minus nine, under 48 in Appalachian State, Charlotte, under 65 and a half in Bowling Green, Maryland, under 48 in Northern Illinois, Utah, under 70 in Colorado State, Arkansas. I am bringing up the rear end at minus three on the net, under 57 and a half for South Carolina, Georgia, Duke plus three, over 56 for Penn State and Pittsburgh, Georgia Tech minus three, Vanderbilt minus eight and a half, Wyoming plus 18, and Fresno State plus two and a half. We're going undefeated this week. I mean, yeah, Barton, don't you feel a little bit more confident now that the show is done and you've gotten a chance to talk all this out? Michigan State, pick a side. <laughs> Michigan State, pick a side. I am visualizing undefeated record. Uh, so, yeah, there There was one more that I, I, I've t- I toyed with that I was really close to putting, and that was Colorado plus four and a half. Yeah. But, but Scott Frost was my – University of residual income last year and I, I, I noticed that even when he was at USF in 2016 it didn't take them too long to get that thing clicking uh, so there's an unknown that I was scared of but I do think Colorado is legit uh, so I'm gonna stay I am gonna stay away from that one uh, but I wanted to I wanted to put that in the in the in the, the ears here and just yeah, let it let it float around and make sure when they cover that like I, I get some karma from that. <laughs> all right, uh, all right. You can follow all of us on Twitter. Tom's at, at Tom Fernelli. Barton is at Barton Simmons. I am at Chip underscore Patterson. Our thanks to you, the listeners. Uh, y'all have been awesome. Continue to rate and review and subscribe and tell your friends and talk about it and share the link and you know listen to them multiple times. Download on multiple devices. All that stuff is very very cool and awesome with us. Uh, our thanks. Penske Truck Rental for the sponsorship of the show today. Uh, gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. My blue plate special five-star locks are coming. Come get these locks. Five-star master lock. Lock it up. You want these locks. I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover.